0: Hey there adventurer, I appreciate you taking the time to do an investigation check and dig into the archives of the show. I wanted to let you know that this is an old episode back when the show was called The Hard Thing Podcast. The topics are still the same, though the format and some of the names are different. If instead you are coming back to The Hard Thing Podcast, well, surprise, we changed our name and some of our branding. Feel free to hang out in the archives and listen to all the wonderful old episodes of The Hard Thing Podcast or take on a new adventure by listening to some of our current episodes. Either way, happy adventuring. Today, we are talking about our actions, words, and thoughts. This is the Hard Thing Podcast. Today, we are overcoming average. Welcome back to another episode of the Hard Thing Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you overcome average, step up above mediocrity, all by doing hard things in your life. The goal of this podcast is to help you actually get results, so we are dedicated to getting the tips, tricks, tools, tactics, really whatever you need to get those results. And today is our Thursday Meditations show. So you're going to hear from me, the host, Justin Lewis, some thoughts that I've had, some observations. Uh, Forgive me if I sound a little breathy today. I just did some pull-ups. So uh, that's why. But before we get to the show, a couple of announcements. First of all, go ahead and go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash The Hard Thing Podcast, where you can band with brothers, sisters, like-minded people who know what you're going through, who can sympathize with the challenges you're putting upon yourself to be better every day. They can support you, they can give you understanding and direction as well. In my personal life, I do something called Man Council, where me and a group of really close friends, we get together once a month, we share our deepest goals, the results we're seeing, the progress we're making, as well as some of our setbacks. And more than anything, it's a great place to go to for support, as well as sometimes a nice kick in the pants. Sometimes uh, they give fresh perspectives on some things. Uh, over this last weekend, we had Man Council, and uh, one of my friends gave me a very generous offer. And I suffice it to say, in these kinds of situations, you find real friends. So go to Facebook.com slash groups slash the Heart Thing Podcast, find some very true friends, and uh, get started on your journey today. But other than that, help us raise one thousand dollars for Operation Underground Railroad. Go to GoFundMe.com slash overcoming average, <clears throat> donate some money. All that money goes towards Operation Underground Railroad and they are a nonprofit organization and they go undercover to rescue kids from sex trafficking imagine being stolen when you are very young by someone you thought you could trust and being transported to a land you don't recognize with people you don't know who abuse you every single day strangers who don't care about you because they deem you as inhuman less than human and then imagine finally being rescued by people you thought were demons but turn out to be angels after you be rescued, after being rescued, excuse me, you're taken to a wonderful home where you're given education and a future. Well, that's exactly what Operation Underground Railroad does. They rescue the kid, these kids who don't have anything, yet they somehow still manage to keep light within themselves and... After being rescued, they go on to live wonderful lives. So help us raise $1,000 for OUR. Go to GoFundMe.com overcoming average. Donate some money there to help the cause. Now, let's get to today's show. In keeping with our theme for this month, the month of August, responsibility, we're going to talk about some ways to start taking responsibility today. And let me just first tell you, last week we talked about the responsibility mindset and the blame mindset and some signs uh, to help you determine whether you have one or the other. And honestly, we vacillate between the two. Most of the time, we we think we have a blame mindset or think we have a responsibility mindset, and then we shift to the other one for minutes at a time, hours at a time, or months at a time. You know, time is such a, a fickle thing, but... Really, the point of today's episode is to give you practical ways to start changing your mindset towards being one of responsibility. Uh, Obviously, I would definitely recommend reading books like Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And actually, if you want, you can go to audibletrial.com slash podcast, get a free audiobook copy of Extreme Ownership. But Read books like Extreme Ownership or 12 Rules for Life and then to Chaos by Jordan Peterson uh, and start following these people that talk so severely, maybe not severely, but so consistently and seriously about taking responsibility. Uh, I can only give you a taste of what they have because they are truly remarkable men who have done great things. So go check them out, get some more information and knowledge about responsibility. But here are some thoughts i have about becoming more responsible taking more responsibility in your life and developing more of a responsibility mindset now a mindset i think can be can be termed as a pattern of thought a an, an effort effortless pattern of thought i would say i would say that because You don't necessarily have the mindset until it's just ingrained in you and if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time you probably realize that thoughts are connected to words that are connected to actions and actions are connected to words that are connected to thoughts so if you change your actions your thoughts are going to change if you change your thoughts your actions are going to change and you can also change your words and so forth it's this virtuous cycle That if you inject yourself or inject change at any juncture between thoughts, actions, and words, or sorry, thoughts, words, and actions, if you inject change in any one of those instances, it can lead to more change throughout the entire cycle. So we're going to try and change your thought processes, but to do that, we're going to start with some actions. Okay, so first action to start taking responsibility in your life is to set when you wake up and set when you go to sleep. This is you being in charge of when and how you start and end your day. And this is this goes beyond just, I'm going to go to sleep at 10 o'clock tonight. This moves towards if you go to sleep at 10 o'clock and you have to wake up at 7 o'clock the next morning because of your work. If normally you would have a bad attitude and complain to everyone that you'd be tired you assume the responsibility of that choice and you decide to have a positive mental attitude that entire day. You do not complain about being tired because you made the choice to both wake up and go to sleep at the times you did. So you accept the responsibility and therefore the consequences of that choice. You also, in conjunction with that, begin to choose how you wake up and you how how you go to sleep. Maybe you wake up and start working out. Maybe you wake up and have a glass of water in the morning. Maybe you wake up and immediately brush your teeth. Maybe you go to sleep, but right before you do, you have a little moment of prayer and thanksgiving. Maybe right before you do, you do some stretching to help you loosen up before you go to bed. However you choose to start and end your day, own it, as Jocko would say, Jocko Willink. Control exactly how you go to sleep. And there will be times when you can't control it perfectly, but by starting this simple little change, you will start to... Push some dominoes down that will create a chain effect in your life, allowing you to start taking control in other areas or give control up when necessary. So that's number one. Number two is ask for feedback and accept it. Accept it as the possibility that you aren't perfect. Recently, my wife and I watched a season of Hell's Kitchen, and I know I'm pretty late on jumping on the Hell's Kitchen bandwagon. But we've been watching Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay for a while. And let me tell you, Gordon Ramsay is is quite a remarkable person. When I was younger, I saw Hell's Kitchen. And honestly, I had a visceral fear of that show. For some reason, I could put myself in the place of those prospective chefs getting yelled at and berated by Gordon Ramsay for not doing something right. And even though I wasn't there, I would melt under the pressure externally. Even though I wasn't on that TV show, I was just watching it. I, I, I felt the same feelings they were, but worse because I thought it was so much worse. And that was because I didn't understand that feedback is, is just that. It's feedback. It's not a dictate on your eternal worth as a person. It's not a judgment on your potential as a person. It is facts about a certain task that was not done effectively or was done effectively. Uh, and, and you can tell feedback by insults because insults are not, well, insults have more to do with who you are rather than what you're doing. And there's a, there's a bit of a nuance there because what you do does affect who you are. But rather than someone saying, You are a buffoon, they say this was done wrong, and then they might add in, you're a buffoon like Jordan Gordon Ramsay does or, or whatnot. Uh, but I, I bring that up because when we watched Hell's Kitchen recently, I noticed that as the season progressed and the number of contestants in the competition was whittled down, Chef Ramsay did not seem so antagonistic to the chefs. He seems much more supportive. And it took me all this time to figure out that the whole time he was just trying to give them support and the right kind of support. At the beginning, they needed some weeding out. They needed to see who had it and who didn't. They needed to be put to the test, held, had, had their feet held to the fire. So start going around asking for feedback and accept it. And I don't mean accept it as gospel truth. I mean, embrace it. Use it to delve deep within yourself. Use it as a sort of a flashlight, if you will, to look inside yourself for the things that don't really work. And and you have to be humble with this, but if someone said, like like my wife, recently we had discussions that I don't plan dates very well. As a result, that is one of my goals, to plan dates better. I could have given excuses, and I think I did a little bit. But eventually, what I did was I took that suggestion as a sort of a flashlight. Now, not every flashlight is created equal. Some flashlights are brighter, meaning some feedback is more closer to the truth. But I believe all feedback can shed some light. So if you use the feedback corrective correctly, you can shine it within yourself. Start looking at those places that don't really work, that aren't really perfect. And I did see how, even though I was planning dates, air quotes, I was not effectively planning dates. I was not checking the weather on dates that I planned we were going outside or doing something outside. I was not thinking about who could watch our puppy when we had to go on a date or things like that. So ask for feedback, accept it as the flashlight it is and use it to look for things that aren't working or things that could be better. That's number two. Number three, continually measure yourself and your actions against the desired results. And this is more for things that aren't necessarily relationships. Uh, And I say that to mean, as far as I know, there's no real way to measure the quality of a relationship. Obviously, you can measure how many dates you go on and whether those dates were good or bad. And and you can boil it down. But the idea, I'd say, more... uh, more specifically applies to things like jobs, money, uh, working out, things like that. And again, you can't apply this to, to being in a relationship or doing relationship things, but do so at your own caution. Uh, don't blame me for any any uh, mistakes that come about. But what I mean is this. Uh, back a year ago, I got a job in a sales position. And again, I've said this before, I'm not very good at sales. And I took the job knowing that I would have to work harder to make a living in that job, so what I did was I recorded everything that we di- that I did. I recorded every just just the amount of phone calls. Well, luckily we had a system that recorded the amount of phone calls, but I started recording how many people answered, uh, how many people I got to take the actions I wanted to, and how many of those ended up as a sale down the down the line. And this allowed me to kind of create a funnel where I knew I had to get X amount of calls in order to get one person to answer. I had to get X amount of people answering the phone in order to get one person to say yes to what I wanted them to. to. And I had to get X amount of yeses to a sale. This is important because that's how you improve. Whenever, whenever I was having a bad day, I would look at my numbers And I would see what wasn't where it was supposed to be. What wasn't average? What was below average? Some days I was having a below average answer rate, meaning less people were answering than on average, which means that less people, I just had less of a chance to get in contact with someone. Well, that allowed me to then understand if I wanted to get the yeses I needed, I had to call more people or be more persuasive on the phone or both, which is what obviously you'd try and do. But, but that just allows you to make everything concrete, get rid of ambiguity, and start working in reality. That means I took away some of my own excuses. If someone asked me, what's wrong with today? you know, I could just say, well, people aren't answering. And they say, how do you know that? And I say, I don't know. It just feels like it. Well, then if I brought up my numbers, I could say, yes, this is people aren't answering as much. But this is what I'm doing to overcome that setback. That's how you take responsibility. You measure things you want to improve. You figure out where the, the holes are, if you will. And then you fill them up. You shore up your weaknesses and you increase your strengths. That's number three. Now, before I go on, I want to talk about uh, a, an email course I came up with recently. We live in dark times. There is unrest And which is kind of funny because all of us are staying at home. So maybe that's why we're restless, you could say. But during these times, mental health has kind of taken a backseat to physical health. But that's not how it should be. So I want to invite you to uh, join this email course. Basically, it's just 10 emails of 50 ways to get your hope back. Meaning 50 ways to get yourself out of a rut. Uh, So often we find ourselves in these ruts where things just don't seem like they matter. They seem hopeless. We don't care. We just want to eat a bunch of junk food. We want to watch TV all day. We've all been there. But these are 50 simple things you can do to kind of kickstart yourself out of that rut. And it's nice because most of these things are free. And if you do these things continually, just doing these things will improve your life. So if you want to sign up for this free email course, go to the link in the show notes below. I won't read it to you because it's pretty long, but check out the link in the show notes below. It's at the very top. Click that. Put in your name, your first name, and your email. That's all you need. And then you'll get these 10 free emails of 50 ways to improve and get back your hope. But while you're doing that, though, I'm going to get back to the show. Okay, I'm going to try and speed this up a little bit because I've, I've kind of been blabbing. I've, I've been rambling. So number one of words, we're moving on to words now. Number one is change your wording from fault and blame to responsibility. I believe that blame and fault, unless you're in a court of law, are virtually unproductive in a job situation. If my boss said, whose fault was this? And it was my fault. Obviously, I'd have to raise my hand. But what what do you think would be better if if I said, boss, it's my responsibility. I let the client down in this instance. Here's what I'm doing to change it. You see, responsibility is it encompasses both the past, the present, and the future. Whereas fault and blame are limited to the past and the present. You can be at fault, but you can't not you, you cannot be in the future at fault. That implies you do something negative between now and the future, which obviously we don't want you to do. Whereas responsibility can imply a change between the past, present, and future, a positive change. That's why you need to change your wording from fault and blame to responsibility because this will start supercharging your mind to think in terms of responsibility rather than in terms of fault and blame. With fault and blame, like I said, it does not incorporate the future. So when you blame someone, it ends now. It stops right now. That's, that's as far as progress can go. But when you give someone responsibility or you ask someone to be responsible for something, the change, the positive change, can go from the past, present, to the future. So that's number one. Number two is you have to change your wording from happened to me or to me to because of me. Again, back to Hell's Kitchen. One of the contestants on Hell's Kitchen, when she was about to be eliminated, she was up being considered for elimination from the competition. It's kind of a game show if you haven't seen it. Uh, Basically, two people on the chopping block, they have to defend themselves. This This one competitor... They kept on saying, my team did not back me up. My team sabotaged me. My team to me, to me, to me, right? The other contestant instead said, I should be here because I this, uh, because I this. They did this, but I did this. They emphasized their own efforts rather than what was done to them, okay? And this isn't in an attempt to... Self-aggrandize yourself. This isn't an attempt. This is in an attempt to become an object to act rather than an object to be acted upon. You are a producer, not a consumer. Okay, you're the farmer, not the pig. That's basically what this is trying to change your mindset, change your wording. So instead of saying happened to me, you say because of me. And sometimes you have to do this in your own mistakes. Because of me. We failed. Because of me I failed. You have to leave certain things at your own feet. And the things you don't leave at your feet. You still need to leave at your feet. Because well. what I, I'm 5'6". And I wanted to play football in high school. I never wanted to play pass it. But if I did. I could either have blamed my height. Or. I could have worked around my height. I did not want to play football past it. And and obviously at the time, I don't think I would have uh, just because I was blaming my height. But think in terms of because of me so you can empower yourself rather than happened to me and, and victimizing yourself. So empower yourself. That's number two. Number three, you need to change your wording from problems to challenge, from struggle to opportunity. Uh, from what I've read and learned in the military, whenever someone says opportunity, that is a bad sign. Uh, I I can't speak to that. I've never been in the military, but outside of the military, probably because people aren't shooting at you, when someone says opportunity, it generally means a good thing. Sometimes people don't look at it like that. They look at things as problems. They look at things as struggles. Not that struggling is bad. I'm still iffy on that one, but I think if we change our attitude from problems to challenge, it changes the nature. For example, uh, when you are taking a math test, what are you working on? Problems, right? When you are playing a difficult game, what are you working on? Challenges. You are being challenged. You see how one is a little bit more insightful or... One incites a little bit more inspiration. One pushes you to be better. One uplifts you. Uh, Rather than struggling, you seek opportunities, right? So change your your wording from problems to to challenge, from struggles to opportunities, because that's going to help change your mindset to stop thinking of woe is me to how can I make this work? The old marine adage of adapt, improvise, and overcome. That's something everyone should incorporate. Okay, so that's words. Now we're going to change our thoughts. Number one is to stop thinking about your lack of opportunities. There is a quote by Thomas Edison that most people miss opportunities because it usually shows up wearing overalls and looks like hard work, right? Stop whining about your lack of opportunities. Instead, Start looking for opportunities. Start trying to make things work. The reason why you don't see any opportunities is because opportunities aren't easy to come by or at least they they require some hard work. If everyone saw those opportunities and took advantage of them, then those opportunities wouldn't be there naturally, right? So that's number two. Number three, increase your grateful thoughts. This will change how you look at the world. This kind of goes in line with stop looking or stop whining about your lack of opportunities, but be grateful for what you have. Because then you really take responsibility for the blessings in your life. When I recognize throughout my day how truly blessed I am, it helps me stop thinking about what I don't have. And it helps me start thinking, you know what? I should take care of what I have, I should take responsibility for what I have, I should be grateful. That's going to change how you think. You're going to stop being a victim. You're going to stop placing blame. You're going to start taking responsibility. So summing it all up. Actions. You need to set when you wake up and when you go to bed. You need to ask for feedback and accept it. And you need to continually measure what's important to you and improve upon it. Words. You need to change your wording from fault and blame to responsibility. You need to change your wording from happened to me to because of me. And you need to change your wording from problems to challenges and thoughts. Stop thinking about your lack of opportunities and start thinking about what you've been blessed with, how grateful you are. Doing these things will start changing your mindset and helping you take responsibility for your life because then you're going to actually start moving in the right direction. Then you're going to be empowered. Then you will actually have the momentum and the ability to move forward rather than complaining about not moving forward, which will move you backward. So make these changes, move forward in life, and have a responsibility mindset. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Hard Thing Podcast. I really appreciate you hanging in there with me, being with me from week to week. Uh, If you want to support the show, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode. We have Monday and Thursday episodes coming out every single week. Never miss a single one. On Mondays, we have experts that talk about all the hard things they've done and how you can do the same thing. So listen up on this Monday for our next guest as well. Make sure you share the show with someone you know, who could benefit from the show, who would enjoy this conversation, uh, share it, ask them to share it as well. And, uh, Last but not least, if you want to support the show, go out and do some hard things. Because every time you do hard things, you will overcome average. guys, one quick announcement for today's show and you might have heard this already even in today's episode, but uh, I have an awesome opportunity for you guys once in a lifetime. You have the opportunity to have dinner with myself and a covert CIA operative. That's right, an undercover spy. Uh, my guest Andrew Bustamante has been gracious enough to offer himself up uh, as guest for a dinner with myself and one lucky audience member. So if you want to sign up for that, make sure you hit the link in the show notes below. As well, you can go to Instagram and hit the link in my bio at the Hard Thing Podcast. This is first come, first serve, and there's only one slot. So whoever signs up first will have the opportunity to come to Utah and have dinner with myself and Andrew Bustamante. It's an exciting opportunity. It's one that you'll be able to brag about to your friends of being able to sit down, having dinner with an undercover secret agent. So don't waste any time. Go ahead and sign up in the link in the show notes or go to Instagram at The Hard Thing Podcast and click the link in my bio and you'll find all the relevant information there. Uh, So look forward to having dinner with you.